I want to read a scripture out of Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. And I'll give you my title here in a moment. It says, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, will suddenly, say suddenly, say aloud, say suddenly, come to his temple. Even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. I love that we serve a God that can do things suddenly. In Acts chapter 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven. Paul and Silas were in prison and suddenly there was an earthquake. I believe there's a suddenly happening to some people here today. God's going to move suddenly. Now this really isn't my message, but I just felt led to say this. There's a suddenly that's getting ready to happen in some people's lives. And I declare the suddenly of God. One moment it's this way, and in a moment everything changes. I know our God is able. Now, I want you to just understand this. Prophets are a rare breed. Prophets are rare. They are God's emergency men and women for crisis. God raises up a voice. God raises up a man or woman in a crisis hour. And a lot of times, they might not be your typical person you would think. All great men and women of God have something in common. And I know you're not going to like this, but I got to say it. They end up living very, very lonely lives. I knew that wouldn't get an amen. Because they have to spend so much time with God. Them and God. And I know that that could be hard for us in the social world we live in where everyone is so connected. But if you want to do something great for God, you got to spend time with God you got to spend a lot of time with God I know we don't talk about this anymore but it's so valuable it's so important if you want to endeavor to do anything for God you got to spend time with him I'm not talking about five minutes ten minutes I'm talking about time time with God and I know that's not popular because We'll preach it's better to spend time in the small group or the this or that. And I'm not against any of that. But if you never spend time with God and you're just going from event to event, you're missing it. It's not either or, it's both. Now, I want to show you my text today from my Bible. And I'll be reading other scriptures, but this is what really spoke to me. There's a white page that separates the Old Testament and the New Testament. That page yesterday leaped out at me. You might say, there's no words on it. It spoke to me so strongly. Because it represents 400 years of silence. It represents 400 years without a prophetic voice. It represents 400 years of darkness. This white page that separates your Old Testament from your New Testament represents 400 years of silence. God is silent for 400 years. Now, I don't know about you, but I am grateful. I am thankful. I am so grateful that there are prophetic voices in the hour we are living in. I am so grateful that this church is a voice I'm so grateful that God is moving supernaturally. Now, if I would ask you, who is the greatest person in the Bible outside of Jesus? Some would say Moses. Some would say Paul. But Jesus said in Matthew 11, 11, Assuredly, I say to you, 
Among those born of woman, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Jesus says, this is the greatest man born of a woman. There's 400 years of silence, and then John the Baptist hits the scene. 400 years of silence, 400 years of no prophetic voice, 400 years of darkness. God's not moving. John spent 20 years in the desert alone with God. 20 years in the desert. He was a lonely man. He was a strange man. I would have loved to hear John the Baptist preach. I would love to hear John the Baptist preach. The fire. The fire of God. I'm titling this message. The man on fire. And I pray that you become a man or woman on fire. I pray that you become a man or woman on fire for the things of God. I pray that God consumes you with his fire. It took God 20 years to prepare John the Baptist to preach for six months. It took God 20 years to prepare John the Baptist to preach for six months. We got pastors nowadays preparing for six months to preach for 20 years. And you wonder why our churches are very dry. You wonder why there's no fire. We need more of God. You can't just settle once you get to a place. We have to be growing more and more. I want more of God's glory. I want, to, I want more of Jesus. I want more of his spirit. I want to know him more. I don't want to just know the word of God. I want to know the God of the word. I want more of Jesus. I want more of Jesus. God could have sent an army of angels. God could have sent, after those 400 years, he could have sent a pillar of fire. But God decided to do something else. He decided to send a man in the wilderness and light him on fire. Preaching, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. His ministry is so hard for us to comprehend because he prepared the way of the Lord. John the Baptist didn't raise one dead person, but he raised a dead nation. See, it's hard for us to understand the level of holiness this man walked in, the level of conviction this man walked in, the level of sacrifice this man walked in, because it's just not common anymore. This man was totally dedicated to the things of God. He wasn't half dedicated. He wasn't dedicated Monday through Friday. He was dedicated every day, 365, 24-7. That does not exist much anymore. Don't interfere with my soccer game. Don't interfere with this. Don't do this. Don't mess up with this. If anything has to do with this, I can't do this. Matthew 3, verse 1 says this through 6. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John himself was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. And his food was locust and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region around the Jordan went out to him. And were baptized by him in the Jordan, confessing their sins. This was a very lonely and strange man in the world's eyes. This man's 
dinner, lunch, and breakfast consisted of locusts and wild honey. He wore camel's hair. I want you to picture it. This man, what made him so special, what made him so amazing, what made him, Jesus said, there was never a man born from a woman greater than John the Baptist. 20 years in preparation for six months of ministry. By the world standard, if someone did six months of ministry, we would consider them a failure. But John the Baptist was a success on every level. Can you imagine him alone in the desert with the Lord? You're going to lose your head for this, John. You're going to be beheaded. I wish with everything in me. There was men and women in this generation that were willing to lose their head for Christ. All we need is a few of those that said, my life doesn't belong to me. My life is not my own. My life belongs to Jesus. Whatever you want from my life, you can have it. Whatever you got to do in my life, do it. It's not about me, it's about you. I wish we had a few. We wouldn't need many. I wish there was just a few men and women that would rise up and say, it doesn't matter what happens to me. It doesn't matter what happens to me. I want more of him. Give me a loud hallelujah. Give me one more loud hallelujah. I pray right now, lift your hands. I pray that God raises up these kind of men and women out of this church that will lose their head for Christ. That would not care about their circumstances or their situation, but trust in God. We declare it in Jesus' name. 400 years, God didn't move. And then John the Baptist, a man crying out in the wilderness, a man on fire, a man that would tell people, repent. You know, we need preachers that will say repent. We need preachers that will preach this gospel not compromise. What was great about John the Baptist, he had no agenda. He had no committee to impress. He had no board to win over. It was him and God. And he just preached that gospel with boldness and with power. He didn't care about his new book. Come on, somebody. He didn't care about any of it. He was just preaching the gospel. He was preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. I pray there are preachers in this day that aren't here to impress the status quo, that aren't here to win over committees and form agendas, that they will preach the gospel whether people like it or not. They will preach the truth with authority and power. This is what made him different. He didn't care. He didn't care what man said. He was there to please God. Come on. He was there to prepare the way of the Lord. I got this in me burning. I pray that God raises up this church, raises up this church to be so on fire for God. I pray from the children's workers to the nursery workers, we're seeing it. I, in our youth, I heard it was so on fire yesterday. And Pastor Joey didn't even preach, Pastor Katie preached. I heard the fire of God hit so hard. I heard on Friday nights at Young Adults, the fire was so strong. The Holy Ghost was so powerfully moving. I pray that in our nursery, that they experience the fire of God. Those kids in the nursery are getting healed right now in the name of Jesus. 
Healing's happening in the nursery right now. That's the God we serve. He can heal the sick in kids' church right now while we're here. He can heal kids in the nursery right now. He can heal them in the parking lot. I pray the fire of God consumes this church. We need more of the fire. We need this kind of preaching with conviction. I'm so tired of the games that the church plays. I don't, I'm not here to just gather a crowd. We're here to follow a cloud. We don't want to just get people in the seats. That's not what we're here for. We're here to make disciples. And I'm more convinced than ever before, it's not programs that makes disciples. It's the Holy Ghost. When someone is surrendered to the Holy Ghost, you become, you start to read the Bible on your own. Most of you may, haven't opened a Bible in so long. I tell people all the time, if you don't have a Bible, we will get you a Bible. You need a Bible. You need the Word of God. I, I, I say enough is enough. I say enough the way we've been doing church, enough's enough. We, we, we just have a program or a show. I'm grateful that our worship team isn't here to put on a show. I preach it all the time. They're a weapon in the hands of God. When they start singing, chains break. When they start worshiping God, the atmosphere shifts and changes. Angels are on assignment when they begin to worship. Come on, when the preaching of God's word happens, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not here to juggle for you. I'm not here to do any of that. I want to preach the gospel. I want to preach with conviction, with power, with authority. I want to preach like a dying man to dying men and women. I want to preach like this is like my last Sunday I ever preach. I treat every Sunday like that. Because you, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We must preach this gospel. I pray that God raises up more men like John the Baptist. I don't care how they look. I don't care what they're eating. Come on. They were alone with God. When's the last time you were alone with God? Just you and God. Well, I was with God, but my phone kept going off. That ain't alone. Maybe put your phone down. Put it in another room before you spend time with God. Or I'll give you a, I'll give you a tip. Turn it off. They won't miss you that long you don't got to respond every time someone texts you you don't got to like back every time on Instagram come on if you're more consumed with Instagram and Facebook than alone time with God you're missing it there's no power in that there's no authority in that the world makes you think there is but there isn't when you're alone with God, people know it. When you spend time with the creator of heaven and earth, people know it. I want you to understand something. He had no agenda, no one to please. He just preached the gospel. Now that would be tough for a lot of pastors because at that point you'd have to trust God. And trusting God can be difficult. Trusting God can be hard for pastors and the people in the pews. We say it's easy to trust God, but it's not always easy. You have to trust him with everything. Come here, Natalie. I trust him with my wife. I trust him with her. I, I said, Natalie, she goes, I want to go this place, that place, and preach the gospel. Go ahead. I trust. I trust my wife. Because I trust God.
I'll send her all over the world. Come on, somebody. As long as we have a babysitter. Can I get a loud amen? We have to trust God. Can you see John preaching there? Can you picture him? Preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. Repent! Turn! Wake up, dead nation! Jesus is coming! Wake up! The Lord is coming! Wake up! Repent! Get right! God is coming! God is coming! God is coming! I believe what he preached is still important today. Repent. Oh, I, I did that 26 years ago. You're so prideful you can't repent again because you've been living perfect. You're so full of pride that you did it once and you think you've lived perfect. Without repentance, there is no revival. Without repentance, there is no fire that can consume you. Because you're consumed with you. Until you can humble yourself and say, I, I haven't been living the way I want to live. I haven't been living the way God wants me to live. God, I need more of you. I repent. We live in such a society that we don't say we're sorry for anything. We're never wrong. We're never wrong. I think the whole church has been wrong. I think the church as a whole needs to repent. I think we've been more worried about our programs. We've been more worried about nickels and noses than we haven't been about the Holy Spirit. I think we've been more concerned about the numbers than we have about the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was a success on every level and his ministry was only six months. And God prepared him for 20 years. I want you to understand, we have blinded our eyes to the truth and put our fingers in our ears to the voice of God. There's people here that no longer even hear God's voice. Because you've been blinded. You've been blinded. You've been blinded to the truth. And we're no longer obedient. We think we are, but we're not. We, we hear from God, and then we modify God's command. So it fits our agenda. It fits our plan. It fits what we're doing. God has never called you to modify his word. God's never called you to fix his word. If God says it, that's what we do. If God says it, that's what we do. And then times we don't want to hear God because we don't want God to call us into the things God wants to call us into. So we put our fingers in the ear and we just pretend like we don't hear nothing. He's a God that speaks. He speaks all the time. Your fingers are in your ear. What do you mean, Pastor Brian? That's rough. I haven't heard from God in a long time. All you have to do is open your Bible. He'll begin to speak to you. All you have to do is listen to one of these sermons. God will speak to you. All you got to do is get alone with God and he'll speak to you. I'm not talking with your phone. I'm not talking while you watch Netflix. That's not alone with God. You think that's alone with God? People think that's being alone with God. I prayed. I watched Netflix and I prayed before I, I hit play. That's not alone with God. For real, that, that's not. But that's the world we live in. People are so confused. They don't even know the word anymore. They don't even know how to get alone with God. We live in such a biblically illiterate society. People don't even know how to get alone with God. People don't even know who John the Baptist is anymore. 
I want you to understand this. We need revival. We need revival. We have decided as a church, we have decided as a couple, me and my wife, that we won't settle for anything less. We won't settle for a little spark of the flame. We won't settle for smoke. We won't settle for commotion and call it creation. We won't settle for a rattle for revival. We won't settle for action as unction. We want it all. I want it all. I want the fire of God, not just to change the people in this church. I want our city to be changed because that's what happens when revival happens. It doesn't just transform you. It transforms this whole city. I've been believing for revival. I hear people say for a long time. Well, I'm here to tell you, keep believing, keep fighting. Don't settle for second best. Don't settle for a spark when God says he is an all-consuming fire. I don't want a spark. A spark ain't going to do nothing. I need the fan. I need the flame. I need the fire of the Holy Ghost. But we pushed the Holy Ghost away in a separate room for Monday nights between 7 and 8 p.m. And I won't do it anymore. I won't settle for it anymore. Because what this city, what this nation, what this state needs is the fire of God. It needs some men and women that are from the that are coming out of the wilderness with camel's hair, eating locusts and wild honey that says, I'm here to prepare the way of the Lord. Repent. I know we look strange to the world, praying for people and being slain in the Holy Ghost. I I know we look strange to the world. John the Baptist looks strange. I know we look... I know when I preach about getting alone with God, it, it seems unusual because the whole world says, let's connect in multiple ways through, we have Facebook, that's ways of connecting, Instagram, that's ways of connecting, TikTok, that's ways of connecting. Forget about every other thing. What if God is calling you to disconnect? to connect with him so that when you do go back into the world you look different you look like fire you smell like fire you are fire I don't want to just preach three points in a poem I'm not here to entertain you or tickle you or tell you how special you are, which you are special. But I'm here to tell you, you got to get alone with God. You got to get your conviction back. Get your holiness back. I'm shocked what people call themselves Christians will do nowadays. I'm disgusted. They say they're followers of Jesus. Don't put Jesus in the middle of your crap. Repent. Turn. We have YouTube videos from great preachers all over the world. CDs, Bible schools. More stuff at your fingertips to go deeper than ever before. But most of us Most of the church is spiritually crippled, spiritual infants, and spiritual babes. The children full of self-pity, self-seeking, self-concerned, me first. I told you it wasn't like this. We must learn to sacrifice. Sacrifice is entry-level Christianity. Five minutes into eternity... I believe no one, five minutes into eternity, every person will say, I wish I sacrificed more. I wish I prayed more. I wish I loved more. 
I wish I sweated more. I wish I wept more. I wish I grieved more. Five minutes into eternity. People say, I wish I prayed more. I wish I sacrificed more. I wish I gave more. You're so focused on the temporal things, but you have no eyes for eternal things. You can't see past today into eternity. It's because you don't pray. You don't spend time with God. You're not in your word. Prayer grabs hold of eternity. Prayer lays hold of it. Five minutes into eternity, I guarantee you, everyone would say, I wish I prayed more. I wish I fasted more. I wish I gave more, sacrificed more, wept more. The most precious thing we ever handle here on earth is a human soul. And I preach it all the time. There's only one way to heaven. But there's millions of ways to hell. I'll tell you the easiest way to hell. Just don't do anything. You don't got to blaspheme God. You don't got to say you hate God. You don't got to walk away. Just do nothing. When you think you can manage your life without God, that's the sin that takes most people to hell. I don't need God. I can do it myself. I don't need God. I can do it myself. Every ability and gift that is in you is from God. We need God. I want to tell you that if God be for you, who could be against you? In the world we live in today, I need the power of the Holy Ghost more than ever. Our schools have lost their minds. The state systems have lost their minds. The country is in utter insanity. And we need the Holy Ghost and the fire of God more than ever before because our children are going to see something that comes from you that isn't of you, but it is from heaven. And I want you to understand when you are endued with power from on high, your kids will say, my mom never made a decision without seeking the Lord. My mom would pray night and day. My dad was a man of the word. He taught me how to trust God. He taught me how to tithe. He taught me how to give. He taught me how to sacrifice. Sacrifice is 101. Most people can't even get there. I want you to understand. You wonder why God hasn't given you a vision. You wonder why God hasn't given you a burden. When God gives you a vision, it's beautiful. I'm not talking about your vision. I'm talking about God's vision. When God gives you a vision, when God gives you a burden, when you wake up and you're so consumed because people are going to hell that you begin to weep, a burden that comes from heaven, when you wake up and you see your city being torn apart from the inside out, when you have a burden, when you see a nation that is under such lawlessness and crime and hatred, when you get a burden, it makes you weep, it makes you cry, it makes you mourn, it makes you say, God, I need more of you. It runs you to the things of God. It runs you right into the arms of Jesus. You wonder why you don't have a vision or have a burden. I'll tell you why, but you're not gonna like it. You can't be trusted with it. You can't be trusted with a burden. You can't be trusted with a vision. Because to be given it, it takes you have to get alone. You have to pray. You have to sacrifice. I know these words we don't use anymore, but it's what you have to do when God gives you a God vision. It's not about pizza parties and milkshakes. 
It's about when you get a burden from God, it makes you weep. You cry for the lost. Your heart is broken for the city. Your heart bleeds and breaks for a nation. You wonder why you haven't been given it. You can't be trusted. You can't be trusted with the burden. You can't be trusted with the vision. Because it will take sacrifice. It will take tears. It will take sweat. Take hard work. It will take you wanting God more than everything else. It will take you being so consumed with the things of God that you turn off the TV and just say, look, I don't need that anymore. I just need God. It's being so consumed that you don't know which way to turn but turn toward God. You don't know how to do it in your own strength, but it's only through God. It's not something you can accomplish on your own. It's not something that you can just do in your own strength. If that was it, then everyone can do it. When a vision comes from God, a burden comes from God, the only people that can do it are people that will run towards Him, trust Him. And it's not just a day thing. It's not just... John the Baptist was trusted with six months of ministry. For 20 years, God had to prepare the man. I have people cry to me all the time. Why aren't I preaching? And they've been saved for less than three months. You, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. We can all be sharing our faith. We all can be telling people what God has done. But I want you to hear this. It's a burden. It's a vision. When you're given it, you have to treasure it. You have to cherish it. I, I want you to understand, I'm, I'm not here to beat you up today. I'm here to preach the truth. Because if God is raising up a fire baptized remnant church here, you got to know the truth. If God is raising up an army here, not just of skeletons and corpses, but if God's raising up an army that's baptized in fire, that has the breath of God in them, you gotta know when God gives you this vision and burden, it's not something you just throw on the sideline. It's not something you just quit when times get tough. You can't just quit when it doesn't go your way. You can't just take your ball and run and say, I've had enough. God, what you called me to, it's just too much. You can't just quit every time things don't go your way, every time things get tough. When you get a burden, a vision, God has put something in you, you have to weep over it, cry over it, pray over it. I'm preaching this way so something gets in you. I'm trying to wake up some dead people today. I'm trying to resurrect some lukewarm people today. I'm trying to put the fire of God. I'm trying to preach that fire into you. Just like John the Baptist would preach and that fire would begin to raise a dead nation. That fire would begin to consume people. I'm here to tell you, one service with preaching under the unction of the Holy Ghost could put a fire in you that will consume you all the days, all the days of your life. What we've had is watered down messages too long that have here to placate people and get people in convenience and comfortability. But we're not doing that. What we need is the fire. It's the only way things change. We're so used to comfortability and convenience, we don't even know what church looks like anymore. If we don't have an hour and 10 minute service, we forget. Thank God there's people here don't look at the time. If you're looking at the time, it's 12.30 if you have to take medication right now. If you're worried about the buffet line, it will still be there. We need more of God. God hasn't given you a vision or a burden. You're not strong enough to carry the burden. John 16.12 says, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. I don't want to stand at the judgment seat of God 
And God says, there was more things I want to tell you, but you were preoccupied. You weren't mature enough to handle it. I was going to tell you some more things, but you were too busy. We put our priorities on earthly things instead of eternal things. Eternity is forever. Earth, 90 years on this planet, it's just like this. A grain of sand. Many Christians in this nation are weak. They can't be trusted with vision or burden. You can't trust children with jewels. You can't trust them with something that requires bravery. They're too timid. You can't trust them with a burden. You'll break them. I want to be a church. I want you, your husband, your wife, your children. For God's sake, I'm trusting you with a burden. I'm trusting you with a vision. I'm trusting you with an assignment from heaven. I want to be that kind of person. I want you to be that kind of person. I want my heart to break for what breaks God. I want more of him. Soldiers in Luke 3 verse 14. Likewise, the soldiers asked him saying, and what shall we do? What shall we do? Everyone stand. I'm going to teach you today how to get the fire of God. I believe God is going to put a burden on people's hearts today. I believe in the tabernacle you're going to meet God face to face. And God is going to burden you for a city, for a nation, for the lost. I want to teach you how to be consumed by the fire. I want to prepare you for the flame. I want to prepare you for the fire of God to consume every area. How you go from spiritually dead or spiritually lukewarm to red hot for the things of God, it starts at one place and one place alone. We must repent. What? I'm already saved. I've been saved for a long time. What are you talking about, Pastor Brian? Repent. I don't have to do that. That sounds like legalism. I repented once a long time ago. I'm good. You keep living that way. If you can't repent for not putting God first, if you can't repent for saying, God, other things have gotten ahead of you, if you can't repent and say, God, I haven't spent as much time as I should with you, if you can't repent and say, God, I messed up, then you're going to live with your own choices and your own decision. And you are in control of your life. And you will stay spiritually dead because you can't be alive in him without the fire of the Holy Ghost. Huh? I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I, I get it. But how revival happens in your life and in the city and the nation is when people repent and say, I've got away from God. 400 years of silence, 400 years of darkness, and there came a man named John. There was a man named John. He ate locusts and wild honey, and he spent 20 years in the wilderness. He was very strange, very lonely. 
in the world's eyes. But he preached a, men, a message of repentance. Say, repent. You've turned. You turn from the things of God. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Every hand lifted. Join me. You don't have to repeat this after me, but in your own way, begin to pray. If you have a heavenly language, begin to cry out in it. I repent, God. We repent, God, for not putting you first as much as we should, for letting other things get ahead of you, for not spending time with you, for not getting to know you more, for not being consumed by you. God, we repent we turn we're not going to be sucked into the church world of this age god but we're going to follow the the clown we want more of you god more of you more of you more of you more of you come here now they begin to pray come on lift your hands begin to pray
partakers of this word. Someone told me, said, Brian, God's going to light you on fire. And people will come from the north, south, east, and west to watch you burn for Jesus. And I declare over your life, people will come from the north, from the south, from the east, and from the west to watch you burn for the things of God. I declare over your life, he is an all-consuming fire. I pray for the fire of God to touch you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. I pray that all people see is the fire. The world needs the fire of God. We don't need another program, another agenda, another committee. We need the Holy Ghost and fire. Rend the heavens. Rend the heavens as we rend our hearts. Break open the heavens as we break open before you. Rend the heavens as we rend our hearts. I declare the fire of God is going to consume every area of your life. The fire of the Almighty. see nations as your inheritance. Touch him, God. We declare nations.
settle on them, Holy Spirit. Let fire fall on them right now. 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 Let fire fall on them right now.
Vanessa said something to me yesterday. She sowed last Sunday above her tithes and offerings. She said, God blessed her over this week seven times greater than what she sowed. Is that right? That's amazing, isn't it? That's, it's great we get blessed. But there's souls in the balance. There's lives in the balance. Everything we do, every time you flush a toilet, it costs money. Crusades in Tijuana cost money. Women's clinics cost money. Everything costs money. But God's our source. And God blesses you. You're blessed to be a blessing. It was interesting. I was praying the last couple weeks, but I was praying on Wednesday and talking to Natalie. And I said, Natalie, you know, we have these babies. It's probably time we get an SUV, something bigger. And someone literally texted me that Wednesday and said, Pastor Brown, I have an SUV. It's in real nice shape. It's got some payments left on it. If you want it, you can have it. And uh, I picked it up Friday. Now, yeah. I mean, it's tinted windows, 20-inch wheels. Come on, somebody. So... It, it was styling. Come on. I was going to give it to Natalie and the kids, but God said, you keep it, Pastor Brian. You deserve it. We're blessed. We're blessed. But we do it for the work of the Lord. God is our source. Five minutes into eternity. We wish we would have sacrificed more, give more.